This is David from You Can't Laugh at That. Hey, just a heads up, this episode you're about to listen to is chock full of sexually explicit content. So if that's the kind of thing that bothers you, or maybe you're trying to dabble into something new, I don't know. Whatever, just a heads up on that. But also, the title of this episode is Squirting, so what did you expect? So sit back, relax, and put on a poncho for episode 32 with Paige Pelesnak. Don't laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Huh? You should have this person locked up and looked at. Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. Could you have this conversation with anybody who isn't a comic? Just like two dudes? Ah, uh, no. I think that I, anytime I would be in a room with two dudes talking about squirting, I would feel unsafe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We aren't actually in a room together. Would it change if we were in a room together? <laughs> nah, you guys are comics. Yeah. It's it's just a different level. Like we're I'm more open and not yeah. weird about it. So yeah. 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 It's that taboo question again, you know, like what's what's off limits for us? What can we talk about? What can we feel casually talking about that, that we can feel safe? You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. We post full unedited videos of these episodes that you can't find on any podcasting platform. Pretty soon we're going to start doing uh, quick videos summing up these episodes that we've already done. And in the future, we're looking to bring in psychologists, humor experts, comedy club bookers for uh, little mini episodes that will be exclusive to our Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod, become a patron and benefit from all of these extra funnies. You can't laugh at that. Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That, the podcast where we take topics you can't laugh at and we find ways to laugh at them in the never ending eternal quest to prove that everything can be funny. Today, welcome back to the podcast, Steve Murs. Although Hello. I'm going to wave to everybody since they're going to see that. Yeah, we'll we'll put we'll insert a waving sound effect. I don't know if there is one, but I'll find waving one. Waving doesn't make a lot of noise. How do you wave? I don't know, maybe like a gust of wind. Something. <laughs> okay. How do I wave? With us today, of course, Steve and uh, Paige Pelesnak from Pittsburgh, PA. A lot of P's hey, going on there. Yeah, all about that alliteration. The Paige, uh, we've met a couple of times. We did a show in Columbus together. She's been on my show when that was still a thing, but now that place is out of business and so is everywhere else. <laughs> um, thanks for jumping on the podcast. This yeah, is, no problem. Um, I, I thought of you because I know a lot of the topics you approach are very personal and very funny, and I wanted to kind of get, you know, uh, get a little bit of your perspective on how you've been able to take things like that and make them funny. So... Thanks for joining. Awesome. Let's dive in uh, to who you are as a human being. Uh, I, I don't, I didn't do a whole lot of like, hey, what's your bio? So I always like to let you kind of talk about yourself and like what got you into comedy and 
take us through that. All right. Awesome. So I'm Paige Pelesnak. I, um, as a, I started doing comedy about five years ago. I'm very personal on stage. I do breach a lot of topics that some might find offensive. I did just do a show called the most offensive show on earth that was right up my alley to, um, showcase those, uh, those stories. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I bring that to the stage as well. I find a lot of inspiration through like Ali Wong and how she does her storytelling and her uh, set of punchlines. And um, I think that she's my biggest influence and inspiration at this point. I uh, tend to uh, write what happens to me in my life. And a lot of things that happen to me are inappropriate. So especially when you're in the dating pool at 29 years old, you know. Oh, sure. Um, and I love that, that you, you know, you're just so forthcoming on stage. Um, when you, when you first started like getting into comedy, were you, were you that forthcoming about personal topics or did you learn to get more comfortable the more you got on stage? I had to learn to get more comfortable with, with my storytelling. In the beginning, I was just trying, I was just kind of like, as everyone starts out doing my one-liners and trying to do, you know, my misdirections and that kind of stuff, kind of taking it by the book. I had read some comedy books on it too. So I could like, uh, earn my apples at comedy school. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's, it was, it was pretty systematic coming to it. What, what I think has been an influence on how personal I am on stage is the fact that I have kept a diary my whole life. So I'm used to talking about myself and trying to make myself laugh as well as others because I thought if someone ever ran across these diaries, um, that they would they would enjoy the experience of of a peek into my life as well. So I think that had something to do with it. Just uh, that I continue writing every day and that I have uh, a, a particular repository for all my thoughts which I think, and recently I did, uh, I brought my diaries on stage with me and my height, I was, uh, I had a show called high school in that, which is a play on high school in that for, uh, for in a Pittsburghese accent. So I went through my diaries and I tagged, uh, all the particularly cringy stuff that had happened to me, especially in high school, you know? Uh, and I brought those on stage and I read them aloud and that filled it filled up the uh, my twelve minutes that I needed it to, but I could have kept going hmm. on, and on. But yeah, I have I've always had an interest in um, journaling and recording what's happening and keeping uh, keeping my memories together. So you you go through your your diary, and you, I mean you obviously mine material from that. How like how? long would it be like would it be enough to to make a memoir or like a novel yeah I could definitely put together a memoir or a novel I I have so much I have so much material I'm looking I'm looking at a shoebox full of my fifth grade sixth grade seventh grade seventh grade to eighth grade (laughs) eighth grade to ninth and then I have three volumes for my ninth grade diary because I was in love oh man (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so like thinking back to that age, I, I mean, just the, like everything was the most serious thing ever. Mm-hmm. 
And that's always, a, that's always fun to explore. The last, last week we, we did an episode about um, like the weird things that we do as kids yeah, and kind of like turning that into material. So, I mean, high school is a whole nother era time period to explore where it's just like, Ooh, you're becoming an adult. You're getting some agency to yourself. Your hormones are raging. Um, people are mean. You're mean too. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows like who they are as a person. They're just trying to figure it out by fucking up so much. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I did a lot of weird stuff in high school, but let's not get into that. I want to talk about the bit that you sent us and kind of uh, dive into that. Uh, okay. Um, totally intended. Um, if you want to introduce the <laughs> clip and, uh, and then we'll, we'll play it and talk about it. Okay, guys, we're about to listen to a clip I performed in Cincinnati, Ohio at Go Bananas Comedy Club. Um, and that is a the same joke that had gotten me banned from a comedy club in Indianapolis. <laughs> so even though I got banned in Indianapolis, they seem to really like it in Cincinnati. Mm, that that liberal haven of Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> Sin City, Cincinnati. They put the sin in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's... They put the police in Indianapolis. Yeah, boy, we're going to cut that one. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Indianapolis. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm Paige Polizak. You guys feeling good tonight? Yeah. Me too. I just got in from Pittsburgh, and boy, are my legs open. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I love being on the road. I book all my shows and no hotel rooms. Because this is the Midwest and I just count on getting laid. And I call that move the Airbnb J. I know, I know you guys are thinking, mm, look at her, she can probably really catch a dick. Um, but not always, because I went to Catholic school. Quick show of hands. Anybody else out there good at a hand job? Thank you. Yeah, but I didn't get, I'm like your typical Catholic girl, you know, I am just like kinky, but afraid. So I don't do much, but I do try to look good not doing it. And I didn't get that action back because the boys called the clit Satan's doorbell. But I am the only one home. And I do not like to be ding-dong ditched. And also, who rings a doorbell with a mechanical toothbrush? Complete on this trick. The rest of you, what you do is you take off the bristles. You got a cheap vibrator. And then your little brother has weird breath the rest of his childhood. You can't laugh at that. There's a lot to unpack. Um, so I'm guessing that last piece was was what got. Oh, we're not even at the part. We're not even at the part yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was that was the foreplay. That was the foreplay. There were some like, moments there that I felt like you needed a big laugh, but they just didn't get it or something. Or I don't know. There were a couple. I don't know. There. I think I got the laughs I needed. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> but there were like a couple there that I felt like it. They were really funny, and they were like, I don't know what that was. 
just like pearls right. before swine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, the good at the hand jobs thing that's so relatable because Catholic schools uh, it just goes right from hand jobs <laughs> to anal. So that's. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Jesus's loophole, they call it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really that's that was how he referred to his own anus. That's yeah. He didn't want to say any bad words. <laughs> oh, there's a lot to to unpack. Uh, first things first. The 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 very first thing you say, you know, uh, stand up comic. So my legs, uh, boy, are my legs open. That's a fun misdirect. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Instead of the boy, are my legs tired, which is your kind of uh, hacky approach to it. I kind of take the sexy approach to it, I think. And uh, jump in with the legs open bit. I think it's it's I I do travel on the road a lot. So it's fun having a dirty little opener to kind of set the tone for my set and kind of get them in the mood for what I'm about to do to them. Right. You, You can't just raw dog it. You can't, you know. Yeah. Gotta have a little foreplay. For sure. And and that's literally the note that I took. I was like, oh, this is a great way to like let people know what they're about to hear for the next few minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, and it's perfect. And the misdirect is great because you know that I mean there's obviously comics in the room and there's that that hacky, like you said, that boy are my legs tired line. And you're like, not so fast. Um no, that's that's really good. Got us kind of got us through the the construction of this bit. Like, how did it start? Like, what was the first thing that you thought of? You're like, oh, that's funny. Um, kind of got us through that. Um, for the Catholic school bit, I um, I did go to Catholic school. I went to Catholic school my whole life. I really like uh, telling people that I'm kinky but afraid. And uh, I kind of I kind of built from that, like kinky but afraid. What would what would be um, the approach for that. What would be some examples of how I'm showing that I'm I am sexual, but I'm very afraid of of my sexuality as well. Because, for instance, the boys call the clit Satan's doorbell. Um, I think I I built this one. Uh, it, again, it's very very personal to me, and uh, it kind of pulls into that repression that that you go through, especially in Catholic school with the reference to the hand jobs. <laughs> And um, I think that it was, it's built to really resonate with people that had similar, the same experiences, or even people that didn't have the experience, but have spoken to Catholics as they're going through that horny, but afraid phase in high school. Right. We're not at the point where, where we are questioning the fact that God's watching, you know, at, at that age, because just the indoctrination has just been so just hammered in there. I've, yeah, I, I went to, I grew, I went to a Catholic school. So, you know, same kind of thing. Yeah. I, I feel like it went from hand jobs on the bus freshman year, all of a sudden to hearing stories about a girl like pooping in her boyfriend's backseat because uh, he pulled out like that. There was no, there was no transition between the two. And I remember just like, what? How did yeah. It, how did that happen? Um, I went from I went from making out to having sex that I I really didn't like spend too much time in hand job land, you know. So there's like a bit of mystique and mystery of it to me as well. Like what is the trick here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um a lot of good material comes from repression. I think so. Yeah. And 
you know, you, you do a good job of like touching on that. Also, Satan's doorbell. Was that something that people actually called it? Yeah, that's a that's a common <laughs> that's a common phrase for for Catholics. The Satan's doorbell. There is a couple other ones I can't think of right now, too. But there's all kind of naughty little things for for your bits and pieces. The panic button. The panic <laughs> button. There you go. I never heard. Uh, granted. I never heard of the clip until like I started watching porn. We didn't learn about that in Catholic school. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <course> <laughs> just glazed over it. Yeah. Maybe how literally. to remove it with BBB incision. Right. I feel like we would have such a better time in Catholic school if they were like, wait, 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 you can have an orgasm on the outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and guys, you can have an orgasm on the inside. It's fine. Yeah. There you go. That's biology. There you go. You the line. The, uh, the Airbnb J. That's just a l- you sprinkle a little silliness in there. You ha- you like the way you carry. If you haven't seen Paige on stage, she has a very like lighthearted demeanor. Like the way she comes across is very likable. It's very si- silly. Like it's somebody who does. You come across as somebody who don't doesn't take yourself so seriously, and that's like that's very that's good for an audience. Like you don't want them to be like uptight. Yeah. You kind of subconsciously deliver that, no, it's cool. Like, we're cool here. <laughs> we're friends. Yeah, it's okay. This is a safe space. I'm going to talk for the next 20 minutes. You're going to ask me personal questions after this because we're close now. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you get that a lot? Do you get people uh, coming up to you after your, your set and talking about, like, being in Catholic schools and relating to that? I do get people talking to me about about my jokes, and the worst part is that sometimes I'll forget that I told a joke on stage and someone will be like, you know, this is my babysitter that I am now dating. And I'll be like, holy shit. <laughs> I don't remember rough. telling a joke about that. <laughs> you just didn't. <laughs> no, just personal stories. Because mm-hmm. you have so much one-sided intimacy on that stage, you know that you're getting up there and you're kind of putting yourself out there. You're spilling your guts. You're talking about some cringy experiences and some things that you've turned into fun, fun little yuck-em-ups. And um, people think they know you uh, afterwards because they just listen to you, like spill my diary pages, you know? So uh, it's, it's kind of difficult to align with, with uh, uh, crowds and people talking to you after your set. It's almost like a, it's almost like one-sided speed dating where someone will like fall in love with you and then they'll be like, they think they know everything about you. And, yeah. and then you're like, all right, I don't know. I don't even know you. Can you, you know, it's like one of those things like, I don't know. Yeah. But I think we're, I mean, most people are afraid to be vulnerable. And when they see that in somebody and you're actually funny in delivering those stories and those experiences, like they develop a connection to you. Mm-hmm. It's endearing. Yeah. 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 For sure. And to, to get on stage and be vulnerable, like that, that takes, I mean, a leap of faith. I mean, that's a, that's a big risk that you're taking. Do you still, um, do you get nervous when you, you know, disclose stuff that's a little bit more vulnerable? There's some jokes that are, are that I'll, that I'll save or not tell or just hold on to um, because they do put me in a vulnerable place. Um, the, the joke that I'm thinking of in particular right now involves 
my daddy issues. So I try to keep that one in my pocket because number one, it's not, not intended for all audiences. And number two, God, I don't want my dad to find out about this. Yeah. So we won't do an episode about that. Got it. Yeah, got it. Right. No, nah, <laughs> he doesn't sure. listen to podcasts. We, we This is private time between us. Nice. <laughs> you can't laugh at that. We're talking about squirting. We're talking about squirting. <laughs> oh, I wish you hadn't said that. I wanted to see if Steve could pick out the bit that got me kicked out in that set. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm probably leading up to that at least something. Spoiler alert. It wasn't your little brother's breath. It was something. <laughs> I love that joke. Though. No, that, that one got me kicked out of home. Has <laughs> yeah. your brother heard that joke? I don't think so. I really hope he hasn't. <laughs> That's so funny, though. It's such a, it's like, a. it's silly, um, but it's also like, is that a thing that she did? Probably not, but we're... Eh. Potentially. Potentially. Should I leave it a mystery? Let's leave it a mystery. Okay. Uh, let's pick it up at the three-minute mark and okay. uh, finish the rest of this bit. The good stuff. I got broken up with really fantastically in November, and uh, I'm going to read it to you uh, because it was done via text message. Also, I have my airdrop on, so if any of you are vulnerable to an airdrop, yeah, there's always one. I can tell that you might be vulnerable to some other shit tonight, man. All right. So it's, I said, why won't you hang out with me anymore? And he said, three reasons. Ooh, he itemized a breakup. <laughs> Number one, I am overwhelmed right now. Number two, I don't know what you're looking for, and I am afraid it is beyond what I can give. Number three, the squirting. <laughs> yeah, bet you wish she you had your airdrop on now because it says the squirting. Like it's a fucking Stephen King novel. But I'm pretty mean, so I just texted him back. I said, dude, I should have drowned you when I had the chance. But don't worry, I have a new partner now, and uh, they take to my squirting a lot better. Want to know what they have to say about it? Yeah. Can't laugh at that. That's the bit that got me kicked out of Indianapolis. <laughs> Talk about that. That's intriguing oh to me. Oh my God, that was a rough night. That was the last night I drank alcohol. Okay. That was the last night I drank alcohol and I'm coming up on 10 months right now. So I know this oh, nice. was uh, 10, month, 10, month, uh, 10 months ago that this happened. Holy <laughs> shit, that was, that was a bad night for me. I had asked... John Evans, um, Pittsburgh native from and famous from Last Comic Standing. He just so happened to be in Indianapolis the same time I was going to be in Indianapolis. I had a show lined up, and I asked him if I could grab a guest on the show he was headlining. He said, sure, we'll get you three minutes, no problem. And I was like, okay, three minutes, guest set. I know what I can pack in that time. <laughs> and so I do, I do my shtick. And this woman, Ruth Ann, lights me early and then chews me out for 20 minutes next to a 
poor comic named Tyson Cox, <laughs> who, who's also from Indianapolis. I, I had asked Tyson, Tyson was the host of the show, and I asked him if anything was off limits beforehand as far as subject matter was concerned. Like, am I allowed to say pussy? Am I allowed to say the F word? Like, tell me what I can't do here because I'm trying to audition for a fucking comedy club, you know? And usually whenever you go into a new comedy club, the rule is do your cleanest, do your clean stuff so that you can get a spot and get invited back. But I'm here with John Evans, who I also am trying to impress. And I was talking and we watched the first couple people go up and do their thing. And then John leans over to me and he goes, I think you're okay to do that squirting bit. And I was like, fuck yeah, that's all I need absolutely I'm going to do my squirting bit because I think it's a funny bit and um and though it is like borderline you know inappropriate for club work uh he thought it was a good one too so I get up and I do my thing and she tore me a new asshole she was like the headliner is the one that's supposed to be dirty. Who are you? Who do you think you are? I would never book you. I will never book you. And I think I said something like, I don't need your permission to be a comedian. But <laughs> Nice. That's great. But I, I was, I just remember I had my business card. You know how you have your comics business card with all your details on it and your little mm-hmm. headshot. I had that poked up on the, on a cork board in the green room. I tore that fucker down and stormed out of there. I didn't even get to see John perform. Hmm. And she didn't say goodbye. Fucking Ruth Ann. Fucking Ruth Ann. You have two first names in your first name. Yeah. (laughs) She's Um, this little redheaded thing. Sounds like she was. That's what I was picturing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Was she mean to me? But apparently she's been mean to a lot of other comics in Indianapolis, too, because after I had done my set, uh, I went over to Helium, which is another comedy club in, in Indianapolis, to hang with some of my friends from Indian Cincinnati who happened to be in the area. And we all sat down and had some beers. And I was beard up, coked out of my mind at this point because I had had such a terrible night. I was like, do you guys ever hear about Ruth Ann? Did she ever make you feel bad about yourself? And uh, mm. apparently she does that all the time. Mm. But, but yeah, I've got a lot healthier coping habits now. <laughs> That's a, uh, man, a, a comedy club owner, like, I understand if something's off limits, there's a way to be like, Hey, probably not. Probably don't do that. If you ever come back here. Um, I mean, how did it, well, first of all, how did it, how did it go over with the audience? I thought it went over. I did not bomb. I did not bomb with that audience. I had a good set. It was two and a half minutes probably, but I got through about five jokes in that amount of time and then hightailed it off the stage because they lit me early. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you ever talk to the headliner? Yeah, I talked to John. I haven't talked to him since. Oh, no. I talked to him there. We just kind of shrugged and looked at each other. And I said, thanks for the chance and left. All right. I mean, what what can I do? I can't do anything. Is he still based out of Pittsburgh? I think so. Okay. I haven't really seen him around recently. Okay. Cool. Um, Where are you, John Evans? Right. Are you listening to this? Yeah. Just shout it out into the universe. Yeah. Um, we'll tag him in it. That's fine. 
we, we don't, we won't do that. How did they, how did you open it? Like, did you, did you start with the bro, uh, being broken up with over text or did you kind of introduce yourself first? I introduced myself first. I did my boy are my legs open bit. And then I said, I want to tell a story to you guys about getting broken up with. And uh, that's really what the story is about. It is about squirting, but it's mostly about getting broken up with via text message because of something you can't control. Yeah, that's, and it comes across in your bit. Uh, I mean, first of all, you, you, first thing you introduce is the fact that you got broken up with via text message, which is a great way to get the audience to look at you as the hero in the story and look at him as the asshole immediately. That's all you have to say. So it's like, we know who we're dealing with here, this guy. And then the, the, uh, the three reasons he, he, he lists three reasons, but who yeah. does that? Oh my God. The worst, uh, there is a, a lot of evolution to this joke. This joke started out a lot meaner than it was because I was really salty about this breakup because I really liked this guy, like an idiot. Um, and, uh, First, the first thing that that had done was that we had we'd started dating five months after his father had passed away. And so whenever we broke up, what I told him is, hey, maybe five months after your mom dies, we can give this another shot. (laughs) (laughs) So you cut that, obviously. Yeah, I cut that. That was a little too harsh. Yeah. Um, I mean, if. If he had done something worse, I feel like that joke is, would just destroy. Uh, man, that's so funny. Do you ever cut a joke that you love so much? I mean, it's, I assume you you really like that joke. Um, okay. But you have to. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to cut it from the material. You mm-hmm. know, like my daddy issues one. Mm-hmm. It. It kind of it takes away from the point of your joke too. It almost it flips the script, and it's like, wait, maybe she's the asshole. I am the asshole. Yeah, <laughs> but you don't want them to know that, right? No, I don't want the audience to know that. I want right. that to be my secret. Right. Ooh, that's, that's me a plot and my twist. diary's secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and did he really give you three reasons? Like, kind of take us through the actual breakup, and then we'll talk about the joke. Sweetest David, if you had your airdrop on. <laughs> no, I literally yeah. have a, a, a screen cap of the text messages. I say, lay it on me worst to best. He says, one, I am overwhelmed right now. Two, I don't know what you're looking for. And I'm afraid it's beyond what I can give. And three, the squirting. But in the screen cap, I don't say, dude, I should have drowned you. In yeah. the screen cap, I say, look, I just really hope fewer people regret sleeping with you in the fr- future. Peace sign. <laughs> nice Man. am I the asshole holy shit guys I think I might have been the <laughs> asshole in this breakup I don't know I mean he did call out something that you have no control over so we're all yeah. assholes yeah. oh god it's yeah it's always been that's kind of how it is for me like every breakup I've gone through it's like you're the asshole you're the asshole maybe I'm the asshole Jeez, I'm having a lot of introspection I'm having a lot of feelings we bring we bring the best out of people in this podcast, yeah. <laughs> especially like we're talking about something very personal. Um, have you ever actually airdropped it to somebody? Yes, I have. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Technology is so great. Sometimes the crowd will get a little rowdy at that point, though, because people will be rushing for their phones, turning on their airdrop, yelling stuff like, you won't send it. And hmm. then I do. 
because the whole the whole point of that shtick is that if they receive it, I want someone in the audience to read the three reasons out loud so that I can say, number one, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah. audience participation, you're, like interactivity on your phone. That is the next level of comedy. Yeah. That's so cool, though, that, that you use airdrop. I feel like that's that's something that comics can use. Yeah. Like, just, hey, have your phone. There's some comics that make you put your phone in a bag or whatever during the during the show. But, but that, I mean, that could be something you can utilize. Little visual aids that you can pull up on your own phone. Because people want to yeah. be on their phones anyway. So why not mm-hmm. lean into They're it? They're dying to be on their phones. Right. I mean... You know, in some cases, I forget that I even have a phone run if, like, the comic's doing so well. But, I mean, that's not me yet as a comedian. So, shoot, if I can if I can give you some visual aids on, on your phone, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the power of threes you utilize, great. Also, I want to know, how does it, like, when the audience delivers that line, how does that differ from you, like, as far as reactions go? I uh, turned the squirting like a Stephen King novel back onto the person who read it. I say, when you went, when, when you read the squirting, did you immediately think of a Stephen King novel? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, it's, it's, I think, I think it's more fun because that means, oh, I did that thing successfully. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got my connection. A hundred percent. That's like a connection hack. Like have them actually yeah. read. Yeah. Oh, she's airdropping things to me. We are friends. Yeah. That's amazing. I like airdropping things in general. Like if you go out in public somewhere and you see somebody's got their airdrop on, boom, picture of a dog. Do you just like go to coffee shops and do that? When yeah. coffee shops are a thing? Yeah. I airdropped a picture of a raccoon that was drinking coffee to a super cute dude that, well, I thought it was a super cute dude uh, that was sitting close to me one time. How'd you and know it I- was his airdrop? I asked him to turn on his airdrop. I said, hey, turn on your airdrop. And then I sent him a picture of a raccoon. That is cute. It was cute. That's a good, that's a good, hey, take some notes, boys. Yeah, pick up line. Use your your airdrop, but make sure the picture's cute. You don't need to ask for their phone number. You don't need to do anything super personal like that. You can just be like, hey, turn on your airdrop. I just saw a really cute picture I want to share with you. Did that... Did that turn into anything? Did you no, continue the conversation? No, it didn't turn into anything. Oh. I was, oh God, do you want to hear the, this is the horniest thing. I was <laughs> waiting for a date at a coffee shop when I airdropped this other. <laughs> <laughs> Options are a good thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> the horniest thing I have done in a while. But that really is a good idea. Like if I was single, that would be. That's a good move. Yeah. <laughs> Just send a picture of me holding a fish. No, I don't do that. Um, yeah. I don't fish. You like what you see, baby? Yeah. <laughs> Let me catch you. Um, okay, so the, the squirting a Stephen King novel, that's a, it's right there. Like, it's one of those things where you say it and it's like, oh yeah, that does sound like a Stephen King novel. Um, yeah. It almost seems like too easy, but it's such a good line. Thanks. Yeah. And then, and then I should have drowned you. Like that's a, the way you deliver that line is amazing. Um, and I mean, the performance plays into that. Have you ever done it, like delivered it differently and it didn't work? Um, one time I did lose the audience cause I tried to, tried to sl- slide in that let's date again in five months after your mom died. 
But the whole reason I did that is because the guy I wrote this bit about had come to the show. Oh. And I wanted him to hear every mean thing I had to say. Okay. (laughs) And I feel like I lost the audience in that attempt. You were just looking at him like. Yeah, I didn't know where he was. And oh my God, do you want to hear the real story of this? Absolutely. (sighs) Hold on one second. So let's call this guy Brett. Let's call him Brett. So Brett and I hadn't seen each other for mm, maybe four months at that point. And he was real bored and wanted to come out to a show. And I was like, sure, yeah, why not? We're on friendly terms. And then he came to the show and brought his brother with him, who had also just lost his dad. And yeah, tough. And after the show was done, we, I was waiting outside to like get my good jobs, good set, whatever, try to sell some of my merch. And a guy comes up to me and he goes, Hey, how have you been? And he's, fits the profile of Brett, but he's completely bald with no eyebrows. So I thought in those three months we hadn't seen each other, he had gotten the very cancer his father had and that he had gotten cancer. And then I just made all these jokes about him and his dad. And turns out it was a completely different person than him. But I had the biggest panic attack of my life thinking that uh, he had gotten cancer from our, my squirting. Gee, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Jesus. Uh, okay. How did, how did the brother respond? I mean, it's obvious. Didn't want to stick around, left immediately. Cool. All right. Hey, I mean, comedy is an outlet. And if you want to come watch me deliver my actual thoughts, then here we are. Yeah. (laughs) This is on you. I should have drowned him when I had the chance. It would have saved me a lot of trouble. (laughs) You crossed the line. So I want to go back kind of into the power of three. The, the, um, you know, the, the first two things that he lists are very standard, like breakup reasons. And, uh, and if they're not there, like if you just went right to the squirting, I feel like that joke wouldn't work as well. Like the build up, the, the build of the pressure to the release of the squirting. Um, it's a very visual uh, representation of that, but I feel like it wouldn't yeah. have, have worked. Like, so good on him. He knows the power of threes. Good on him. Good on him. Sure. Itemized his breakup. <laughs> it's good. Like, I don't know. I've had punchlines and I mean, if you have to, you know, that, that didn't necessarily work, but then when I add two things in front of them or like one thing, or just, just so that there's more of a build, it just, for whatever reason, it works. Yeah. Is that, is that something that you've experienced too? I see that happening in my own sets and comedy. The role of threes is big. Or um, my friend Phil, when he was doing comedy in Pittsburgh, he always said, just say your punchline in a different way. Mm to make your tags. And I'm like, okay. And then I'd save my good punchline for last and then just build up on the other two. Okay, but yeah, the rule of threes is pretty, pretty typical comedy school. Right. That's one one You read that in that book. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> what book, what books did you read? By the way, let me see. I've got them over here. I've got born standing up. 
I've got the Comedy Bible by Judy Carter, who taught me that my name is not funny. I've got Comedy Writing for Late Night by Joe Toplin. I've got Improv by Bud Friedman. I have almost every book that Chelsea Handler has ever written. I couldn't work my way through that Leah Denham, not that kind of girl bullshit. (laughs) And if I just want to list the last book on my shelf, it is Everyday Witchcraft. Nice. And that's comedy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I got um, uh, Gene Perrette. I got one of his books and uh, Mike Bent. I don't know. I don't remember the actual title of my books are downstairs, but. Then I have the ABCs of stand-up comedy by Matt Wolfarth that was given to me by someone I rode the bus with. Hmm. Like, you know, the public bus yeah, okay. where everyone goes, Yeah, where people mind their own business, Yeah, where I do a lot of writing. Yeah. So, yeah. Was this somebody you had a rapport with or was he like, Hey, I've been watching you. Here's a book. He's like, so you, what are you writing? And I was like, I'm writing stand-up comedy. And then like two weeks later, we happened to be on the same bus again. He gave me that book. Which yeah. means he had had it in his Apropos bag. of nothing. Yeah. Have you seen him since? No. No? <laughs> he just swooped into your life and back no, out? No, I, I stopped riding that fucking bus. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Did, did you read the book? Um, Not all of it. Okay. He was like, you're touched by an angel. Angel. Yeah. Sure. Weird. I thought yeah. it was creepier than that, but okay. Yeah. I mean, in the moment, yeah, no, it's definitely creepy. Um, especially since you hadn't developed a rapport with them. But have you written anything about that? That's funny. No, no, I haven't. I don't know. That's it's not funny to me yet. Not yet? Is it, is it pretty recent? No, this was a, co- this was a couple of years ago. Mm. This was back before COVID and everything. Back before the iPhone. <laughs> before the iPhone. Nah, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Too soon. That the whole bit going back into that. Um, does the joke hit differently depending on the audience? Like if you walk into a room and you see it's an older audience, are you like, okay, keeping that, keeping that in the back pocket? Or do you are you just like, fuck it, this is me? It plays really well with women my own age because I feel like all of us have been kind of subject uh, all of us are being subjected now to this kind of like pornographic sex style that is so mainstream now you know Mm -hmm. like uh, it's uh, like the 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 Whitney Cummings bit that you had sent over to me like it's it's all about the butt it's all about the squirting it's all about uh, I don't know I feel like sometimes it's an unachievable um, sex standard that we have it's like I feel like a failure if I don't make you do that. Like Yeah. And I feel like a failure if I can't do it. What? I'm dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but let's play the Whitney Cummings bit, actually. That's a that's a good segue into that. Because she makes a lot of good points in there and we'll kind of talk about that. I completely agree with her. Oh yeah. No, I was nodding along the whole way. I was like, okay. All right, Whitney. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I don't know if in general as a society we're getting grosser or if the internet's just bringing it to the surface. But I just think in general there's a movement towards perversion that feels new to me. 
the first thing that made me think this was a couple months ago, I went on a date with a guy. Then we went on a second date. On the second date, he asked me if I could squirt. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Look, first of all, I do not squirt. Just so you know, I am not a squirter. I am not squirting. I, I am not a squirting lady. I don't know if I'm just dehydrated. If I need more Gatorade in my life, I'm not squirting, okay? I mean, if you want, I will compromise and I will pee on you. I'd rather not, but if that's your thing, I'm sure I could fashion some pee. I'm gonna have to turn on the faucet. I'm not into it. Here's the, this is new. This is a new thing. Five years ago, I never heard about squirting. Okay, five years ago, I feel like the gross taboo thing every one of their girl to do was anal. It was all about anal, right? Now anal's just like, you just have to do that now. It's not even weird anymore. It's just like on the menu. It's not just for birthdays anymore. It's happening. Which I do not think that's okay. I think we need to make it weird again. I think we need to make it taboo again. This is how I know anal sex has gone mainstream. I have a girlfriend, she has a daughter who's 16 years old. She goes to a Catholic school and she said her girlfriends in the Catholic school at 16 years old are now having anal sex instead of regular sex so that they don't technically lose their virginity. Right, have you heard of that? My thing is, if you're having anal sex at 16 years old to stay right with God, I have news for you. There is no God. Get a new religion, because your God fucking hates you. You can't laugh at that. The, uh, the first, I, I don't think the first thing got a laugh because it was just like, oh, we're talking about squirting. And then she like brings it back. It. Really well. yeah. yeah, let's talk about it. Just that, think, that simple line. I think she was looking for the, the shock there for a yeah. giggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the let's talk about it. Was that a canned line? Was that, you know, planned? Was that, it worked. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. everybody was on board the rest of the way through. Mm -hmm. And she uh, she just kept, like, I feel like she softened the blow just by saying the word over and over and over again uh, until everybody was there for the rest of the bit. Um, she makes a good point, you know, just, she talks more about the societal construct, like, what's taboo anymore? Because a few years ago, anal was taboo. And now that's just like, everyone does it. I mean, do you find, what, what is taboo anymore? Yeah, that's a good question. What is taboo? I mean, obviously to Ruth Ann <laughs> squirting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good question. I'm going to ponder on that for a minute, I think. At that show, I mean, were guys talking about their dicks before you went on stage? They I were mean, talking like about fucking their cousins. <laughs> we're in Indiana, guys. Oh, yeah, so... It's got to hit close to home. Yeah. Maybe if I had mentioned it was my cousin before I started. Right. Yeah. He's gonna <laughs> man, connect. Thanksgiving's gonna be funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That double standard is just... It's frustrating to me because... I mean, there's a lot of really good female comics who joke about that stuff. And you see people just kind of like cross their arms and shake their heads. You were just la laughing at a dude like coming on a come. girl's face. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's, what's the difference? Yeah. 
people don't want to hear it from a lady. They don't like hearing it in a pitch this high. I mean, do you think that's just, I don't, why is that? I mean, is that just the, the society that we've built where like women are supposed to be proper and. That's the patriarchy, man. It's a patriarchy at play in yeah. everyone's expectations of what's, what we can joke about and what we can't joke about. But I will joke about squirting all day. Yeah, it's it's personal. I think it's less gross than a dude talking about that stuff. I mean, that is coming from my perspective too, but that's just, you know, this is weird Plus, how that's the way it is. Can I I don't I don't want to be too gross with you guys, but can I just say that how thrilled I am that squirting is now like a ooh sexy thing instead of it being like, girl, are you peeing yourself? (laughs) I've had problems in the past where I'm just like, Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. And now I'm like, yeah, get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because we didn't really have a word for it before. You know, it was just, it's just something that, that happened. Mm -hmm. I remember in high school, this was back in like 2006, my one buddy, uh, it was just like me and a bunch of friends. It was like a mix of guys and girls. And he had like a porn thing. Like he was super into porn because he's 17 and it's whatever. But uh, he showed like a ton of different, like like a, a super clip of just girls squirting. And that was my first experience <laughs> with it. <laughs> and he had one of those giant computer monitors. Like, <laughs> so it was just like all over his room. Had it rigged uh, up like the matrix. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> But that was my introduction to it. And so, like, for me, that's always been, like, a goal, you know? Yeah. It's it's on my vision board. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, to me, it's not a a big deal. It's just like, well, I guess we got to wash the sheets when we're done, but that's it, you know? Just get some towels. Yeah, right? Just, yeah. yeah. Hey, Steve, what was your first experience with squirting? Oh, like two years ago. (laughs) Have you heard of it beforehand? Oh or yeah, I knew about it because I, yeah, I was, I've been watching porn since I was a kid, so like, it's just one of those things. Like, but um, but yeah, no, I hadn't seen it in real life. In fact, actually, it was sad because I actually dated a girl who uh, recent, well, like a year ago, that was like she told it to me like it was a big secret, and I was like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh come on, like I don't, I don't blame her for not knowing if, because like you said, you don't, you don't know for how taboo it is. But uh, I don't think that's weird, you know, so. Yeah. Right. It's the whole patriarchy. Like, you shouldn't have to be like, hey, uh, just so you know, that's it's a it's biology. What? It's better to ask forgiveness than permission, you know. Right. (laughs) That's a that's a good point. Um, You know what? I should start saying this has never happened before. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is a good idea dude you'll you'll make those guys feel great <laughs> dude, they're just gonna be like high-fiving their friends like oh I did all it. about <laughs> pumping up the male ego that's me yeah <laughs> you know what's funny is after that experience where well those were two well the one i said two years ago that was a whole that was another person but the uh but when that one girl told me that i was like um like it was a secret. I, I turned that into a joke. I'm like, guys, like, I got to tell you, and I got to tell you a secret. I'm a squirter. Cause it's like guys squirt. Cause that's just what we do. Like, oh, is that how it works? I just, <laughs> I, I just say that. Yeah. Sorry. I, I just say that. And I, everybody does think that's funny. Cause it's like, well, yeah, duh. And yeah, but um, it just, it also makes you think a little bit. You were like, well, we're 
you know, I know it's not the same thing, obviously, but it's still like essentially like the same thing kind of, you know. Not as sticky. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, just the idea of like what's taboo, like the fact that we're having this conversation, I don't think it's taboo at all. It's like, it's a bodily function. People talk about shitting and, and like shitting their pants. That's a pretty standard, like one year into comedy story that people tell, yeah. um, you know, throwing up, like, what's the difference to me yeah. it's, it's a better <laughs> bodily fluid. Yeah. I'd rather squirt than throw up through my nose. Yeah. It's, it's more of a reward versus a punishment. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for, for a society founded upon the principles of religious freedom, we're way too religious. We're way too, you know, mm-hmm. restrictive in that. Um, Puritanical beliefs, man. Hey, we're getting better, though. I we're think so. Better. And I think there's a little bit of hope in uh, undertones of that. Or at least that's what I read into to bits. But in, in Whitney's bit, just like, what's taboo anymore? Like, we're, we're moving on. I mean, it's bad that high school girls are doing this thing now, but at the same time, it's growth. Like, we have to figure something out. That's never been a, a secret among Catholics, though. The anal sex before, before vaginal sex. That's right. always been kind of the, the you're, you know, the silver ring thing. The right. purity ring. What religion has done is it has taken us and like given us an elevated sense of self-importance that we're above animals, but biologically speaking, we're animals. So we're going to yeah. do things that animals do. Just wearing a meat suit. Yeah. You know, what's the, why is that so taboo? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. What makes something taboo? Um, also, if you're listening to this and you're like, you're offended, this, this episode is called squirting. So what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you, oh, you knew what oh, you were getting oh. into. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, this is not for your kids. Turn this off. Unless you want to teach your kids about that stuff, which is fine because in communities where they teach kids about sex, there are fewer instances of abortions and things like that. So thanks for that piece whatever. Get them, David. Yeah. Get them. Science. Yeah. I'm pro-life. Yeah. Whoa. But differently. <laughs> you teach people about, about sex and give them open access to contraceptives and things like that. We don't have to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. God. Taking a stand. Yeah. Not That's, super proud of it, is, though. This is my plan. I am. <laughs> I am. I can't, you know, if, if people are educated, then we don't have to have this silly conversation over the no, Supreme Court we, case. If we had this conversation earlier, we wouldn't have to have this conversation now. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> but it's taboo. It's like we're, we're missing out on so many opportunities connect, to connect with other people because we label something as being taboo. So, mm-hmm. You know, it's 2020. We should like squirt at the mall. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> there should be a kiosk for that right between the lotions. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. See, it's it's just a matter of like if you hear about it more, it it lessens the blow. Like it's just like cussing and and I mean, fuck is just part of everyday vernacular. If you're not if you're not dropping an F bomb to your preschoolers. <laughs> 
you know, if you're just not soft, rude. It, right. Soften the blow. It's fine. It's all fine. Um, so yeah, so that's what I liked about, about her bit is it just, it, it talks about the construct in a way that isn't like, Hey, you know, you know, what's terrible about society. She's really, I mean, she's an expert. She's great. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any other takeaways from that bit. I wanted, I, if, if my dream is to have a special on HBO and Whitney Cummings, uh, host for me, I would love that. Yeah. That's my dream. Throwing it into the universe. Keep working, man. You're, (laughs) this bit is funny. It's, it's such a good bit. Like your bit is such a good bit. Just don't do it in front of uh, Ruth Ann when Whitney, when you're opening for Whitney. That's all. Yeah. You can't laugh at that. Uh, the ah. bubble, just closing out your bit, the, the, uh, the drowning noise or the, the like the bu- <laughs> gargling, the gargling. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's like, a, that plays into your, to your like silly demeanor. Um, it's great. It's, it's, it's such a, like a visual gag pun not intended there. That's yeah. so good. Like, when did you add that to the bit? When did you decide, Hey, I'm going to do the, the, the sound. I did that when I, I actually did that for the first time during a gig in West Virginia. I had a glass of water with me. I gargled it. I spat it back into the water, slid it across my stool and said, I'll finish you later. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first time I'd done the gargling. And then I, then I, I told, I tell a joke about, um, fucking my boss and <laughs> there's context and then I do the gargling bit and and I and I'm and she's just crying the whole time and then she says and then I gargled again and it just it landed so well in West Virginia that I uh, decided to make it a permanent part of the bit but the only thing is that I'm not a prop comic what am I doing remembering both my cell phone and a, and a glass of water every time I walk up to the stage. My hands are full. You got to do the first handshake. It's it's a mess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So do you? Was the uh, the clip that we listened to? Did you use a glass of water? Yes, I did. Okay. No, okay. actually, I used a, a glass of Coke, but okay. the same same difference. Glass right. of soda. Right. Um. But yeah, now I if I forget to bring a glass onto stage with me, I'm really upset because I feel like that silliness really brings the bit home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have a, forgotten previously. So what do you do in that case? Panic. <laughs> that's a that's a good lesson. For no, there, I just have to end on the I should have drowned you when I had the chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's still a strong c- conclusion to the bit. Thanks. For sure. Um, isn't it great when you just, when you come up with stuff on the spot like that and, it, yeah. and it's like the, it's like the bookend you were looking for, the punchline you were looking for just in the moment. It's so rewarding. Yeah, I agree. It's like, it's almost like getting a girl to, um, let's move on. Hey. to. <laughs> I like how I didn't say score. <laughs> like we haven't been talking about it openly for the last hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I uh, I watched Nikki Glaser's most recent Netflix special, um, and it's so much fun. I feel like I learned a lot, and and that's why what bothers me when guys are like offended when a female comic talks about her body and her sexual experiences. It's like, 
bro, you can learn something. Stop making this about yourself. Yeah. Have you, have you seen the special? No, I haven't seen Nikki Glaser's new special yet. Okay. All right. So then let's dive into it because the last bit in her hour is about squirting. No kidding. Uh, Yeah. And I, I figured I could find something in one of her specials and, uh, yeah, I found this. Lo and, and behold. Yeah, it was a great special too. So um, this would be the... Out. She gets a tarp out like Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> and then she sent me this toy and it blew my mind because you put it over your clit and it sucks your clit. It has three settings. It's low, medium, squirt. And then it... <laughs> I swear to you, you can squirt. I didn't think I could. And now I know I can do anything. <laughs> you can do anything. I never could squirt, and I wanted to because I think it's such a cool power move. Like, just to just dump a quart of water on a guy's bed and be like, peace, and just, like, catch you on the flip, dude. Like, nothing cooler than that to me. <laughs> no, it's like sucking clit makes sense, dude. It really does. Because clits and penises are pretty much the same thing, like the same nerve endings. So what you really need to treat it like is, like, go down on a girl and suck her clit like you would a tiny version of your penis, Okay. <laughs> I know that feels weird to say and to even do, but I swear to God, if you go down there and you just treat her clit like you would your tiny little penis and you suck that tiny little penis, you're gay. You're so gay. That's the gayest shit I ever heard. Why would you do that? Oh. Dude. No, it's fucking great. Do it. Please do it. That's the best. That's some great advice. So next time you go down on a girl, I'm not kidding you, find her clit and you latch onto that thing like a barnacle on an old boat. (laughs) I swear to you. (laughs) Just latch on and don't let go until the captain sprays you off. She gonna. (laughs) Oh, she gonna. (laughs) And then you swallow. No, don't do that. You'll you'll drown. (gasps) You'll drown. Girlfriend. And I'm like, take it off, take it off. He's like, is that feminism? I think I just stumbled upon feminism. Laughing. Parallel thinking. Yeah. (laughs) Should send her that note. No, then she'll have your joke. No, actually. She probably retired that joke It'd at this point since it's in a special. Money. Right. It's a good bit. And I, I heard that and I was like, holy shit, that's real close. So, <laughs> hey, man, that's a that's a Nikki Glaser level bit that you got. Mm-hmm. Hey, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really good bit. Uh, again, I read deep into uh, bits like this. Uh, just the whole, like, guys being insecure. So, like, you're sucking a tiny dick. Like, that's so gay. Yeah. Uh, I think that kind of plays into the whole like macho guy thing. Like, well, I don't want to like be gay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, she communicates like the insecurity of guys, which is, I mean, that's the thing. Like she does, she's really good at being insecure. Like most of her stuff is about her own like self perception and it's mm. very vulnerable and it's like right on par with the way you do it. Um, which I think is, is such a powerful tool to use because everybody in the audience is insecure about something. And doing a bit like this like makes it okay uh, to, to be insecure. 
and empowering. Like the the closing yeah. bit of it is this feminism? Yeah, that's such a good joke. Um, and then the the visual of a barnacle stuck on an old boat. Yeah, we're back to my old sexy boat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think about that the first a time vessel. I watched it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, I don't know uh, your your thoughts on the bit. I think it's a good bit. Obviously, I relate heavy to it um, with my own writing, and uh, I think that I I don't know. I think that she really. Uh, that, I, I don't. I don't feel like she talks uh, about squirting so much, though. I think. It, I think I, I talk more directly about squirting, whereas she's more on the periphery of it. Mm-hmm. The the whole setup of the bit is about how a fan sent her a sex toy. Yeah, that's cool. I want that kind of fan. Right. Well, you got a guy giving you a book, <laughs> a book about comedy. Um, it's <laughs> not the same thing. It would be much weirder if he sent if he sent you a sex toy. Hey, still gets me off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey. Um, and the, I mean, that's, that's just a, the kind of, it's a great bit to close a, a, an hour with just, I love listening to a comic that's, that approaches dirty topics. And then like the dirtiest one at the end, like we're building to this, this conclusion. Uh, it's a good tool to use. I kind of want to talk about how, if it has bombed before, like how do you, do you pull out of it or do you just power through? I'm I'm not one to abandon a bit. I'm I just I'm one to address it afterwards. Be like, wow, you guys really don't care about my sexual pleasure. <laughs> You're like, that's evident. Good to know beforehand before I try to talk to any of you. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's I'll be good. leaving directly after this. <laughs> right, I had hope. A couple of you are cute. Yeah, more. That's all about you. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. Um, yeah, it's, and going back to the Whitney Cummings bit too, um, you know, it's a very natural progression to talk about sex and then get back into religion. Yeah. It's well, just, it's important to inform the worldview that I have going into sex as being like, you know, a shame thing and, uh, and a taboo thing and, uh, something that I wasn't raised to think is cool. But in fact, is very cool. Yeah. So if you were to to break down your bit on like a deep level, like what are you really trying to say? Like, are you, is that something you ever think about? Or are you just like, this is funny. I need to share this and be vulnerable. I can analyze this now. Let's see here. It's first about getting broken up with via text message. It's second secondarily, I think, about, about the squirting and ha-ha, look at me guys i got shamed for something awesome and then i think the 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 third thing that's more peripheral to that would be the um oversharing part you know of of my life and uh ups and downs shamed for something awesome that's, shamed for something awesome <laughs> i feel like that's a really good title for something whatever it I, is uh, yeah <laughs> New podcast coming out. Yeah, shame for something awesome. That's actually a pretty good concept. Like, hey, what's the time where you did something really cool and everyone else was like, no. Yeah, <laughs> but you thought it was awesome and yeah. you put thought into it and, and practiced. In, right, and in hindsight, it still is awesome. I don't care what you think. 
I think that shame for something awesome is kind of a theme here because of the the him shaming me and then ultimately Ruth Ann shaming me. I got to figure out how to make that experience funny because I would love to write a bit about about her and my experience with her. Yeah, that's one of those things where in the moment you're so angry, but then in hindsight, it's like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. I would love I told to my Indianapolis. I told my Indianapolis friends that I would be talking about Ruth Ann on this podcast. So I'm going to... Quick shout out to to my Indianapolis people. Quick shout out to poor Tyson Cox who got the <laughs> shit kicked out of him too by Ruth Ann for hosting and giving me no no guardrails. Yeah, mm-hmm. fucking Ruth Ann. Fucking Ruth Ann. <laughs> if you're listening, um, go fuck yourself and fuck yourself. Fuck um, yourself till you squirt. <laughs> Get on my level, just, ho. She's just mad she hasn't. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. It's her insecurities coming through. It and was Doctor Ruth. It would have been a yeah. whole different acceptance. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like we've we've beat the hell out of, of this topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said in my email, I don't know if we can talk about squirting for an hour plus, but we've done it. Hey. That's that's a that's an achievement in itself. Hats off we, to us. Yeah, we talked about dick pics for about an hour and a half before, so we we, we got we through it. We did. We powered through. Uh, <laughs> and and it helps that, you know, we're comics. We can kind of bounce stuff off of each other. Right. Mm-hmm. That's fun. I couldn't have this conversation. Could you have this conversation with anybody who isn't a comic? Just like two dudes. Ah, no. I think that I any time I would be in a room with two dudes talking about squirting, I would feel unsafe. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we aren't actually in a room together. Would it change if we were in a room together? Nah, you guys are comics. Yeah. It's it's just a different level. Like we're I'm more open and not yeah. weird about it. So yeah. 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 It's that taboo question again, you know, like what's what's off limits for us? What can we talk about? What can we feel casually talking about that, that we can feel safe? Right. That's the underlying thing here is like be open to talking about everything. Everybody, I guarantee you, everybody has gone, has been embarrassed before. Like you're not alone. Don't act like the bad thing that happened to you only happened to you. It's yeah. Healthy to talk about it. Openness is therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. I can agree with that. And doing it on stage. I mean, I don't want to give comedians a, an inflated sense of self-importance, but doing it on stage sets you like sets us apart from other people just because not only are we willing to share our vulnerabilities, A, we found the funny in it and B, we're willing to share that with people we've never even met and likely won't ever again. Yeah. Do you think that plays into our willingness to be vulnerable? It's just like, oh, you're just like we'll never we'll never see each other again, probably. So here. Sometimes I can't even see the audience at all from the stage, you know, with the lights on and everything. Like you can see some people in the back maybe, but the people up front are just lost blobs of mm-hmm. clapping laughter. Yeah. Does that does that change? your material or how you deliver it? Like, do you, do you, does that get into your head at all? Do you like think about before you do that bit, if you can see everybody, if the lights are up? 
a lot like less likely to do crowd work if I can't see the crowd. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. But that bit in general, um, you know, if the, if the lights are up, are you less like, or do you tell it differently when you can see everybody? No, I don't think so. Do you think that in a situation where the lights are up, do you think that has an impact on people's willingness to laugh? Do you think they're worried about like what other people? Yeah, I think people laugh more in the dark. Although, although science tells us that whenever we're laughing, we tend to look at whoever we're closest to in the room and see if mm-hmm. they're enjoying themselves as well, because we want to share that joy with someone we feel close to. Yeah. Science is right. Yeah. Hence the tea candles. Yeah. <laughs> laughing. I think we covered squirting. I think we covered the societal construct uh, behind why it's taboo. And, uh, and just, I, I love the point that you made about laughing together. Um, looking at, cause I do it. I notice myself doing that. If I, especially if I like recommend a video or I'm like, Oh, we're going to watch this, this, you know, like, I think you can leave, or I think you should leave is one of my favorite like, sketch shows. And I mm-hmm. don't get tired of it. And I show people all the time and I'm like, huh? huh? Like I'm more watching them to see their reaction. Yeah. Like laughing together is such a, primal human experience there's nothing better and uh, i don't know why did you like is that why you is that one of the reasons why you got into comedy or what made you make that leap i just love making people laugh the story of me getting into comedy is actually um uh weird because i didn't start off as a comedian i started off as a musician I started off talking between sets and playing my ukulele and doing silly songs that way. And then eventually my band broke up. So I was just going to open mic nights by myself with my ukulele. And then I realized that the comics that we're doing, because we we had mixed comedy and music open mic nights in Pittsburgh. And uh, I realized how much more fun the comics were having on stage than the musicians. And, uh, I realized that they own that uh, musicians only got an applause and a laugh at the end of their sets, whereas comics got it throughout. Mm-hmm. And I was like a little jealous of that. So I think that motivated me to put down the ukulele and uh, just continue doing stand up. That's great. Yeah. That's, I love my, that that's my origin story. I love that story. Mm-hmm. Just the, yeah, I want that. I want that laughter. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's addicting. I remember the it's first time fun. I, yeah, the first time I made a, a class, a room full of people laugh, um, including the teacher was like third grade, and I was like, "This is what I want to do forever." Yeah, yeah, it's it's addicting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's much better than cocaine. Would you agree? <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll leave that on the table. <laughs> we'll leave that on, uh, lined up on the mirror for next time. Um, All right. All right, uh, Paige, anything else you want to add? Any advice to comics who want to talk about, uh, like, be vulnerable or, uh, you know, share anything, like, like your bit? With um, don't be afraid to make yourself laugh first. Because um, if you can make yourself laugh first, then you've, you've got something with legs there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. that's, that's, those are my words of wisdom. And those legs are open. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good bookend. <laughs> we'll, we'll close it out. Uh, is there anything you want to plug, uh, social media, anything like that before we go? I am going to be on Blomity Bitchcraft 
in Columbus on the 24th. So you can catch me there if this comes out before then. And um, the, the, you, t- you too, David and Steve, if you guys are coming out to Columbus, I'll be there. Doing All right, some what's it called? Ups. Blomity. Blomity, because it's burlesque comedy. Ah, I love yeah. those shows. They're so good. Yeah. And it's bitchcraft because it's witchy and it's Halloween-y. Right. Who books it? I want to get on. You can't laugh at that. Paige, thanks a lot for coming on and, and doing this and, uh, you know, being vulnerable. And I think that's a, that's a lesson that a lot of people need to, to hear is it's okay. Like you're human. Yeah. Yeah. So thank mm-hmm. you for, thank you for sharing that and yeah. uh, being super cool about it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for All having right. me. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we can, uh, we can close it out because no matter how vulnerable it makes you feel, no matter how taboo it is, no matter if Ruth Ann is in the room or not, you can laugh at that and podcast <laughs> and podcast. <laughs> Special thanks to Gold Knox Studio. You can find Golden Ox Studio for all your podcasting needs at goldenoxstudio.com. Uh, hit up Jeremy. He is fantastic to work with, professional. Uh, he makes podcasting easy. And uh, if, you're, if you've been kicking the tires on starting your own podcast, definitely give Golden Ox Studio a look. If you'd like to weigh in on today's topic, follow us on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod. Or like us on Facebook if you can't laugh at that and tell us how you did laugh at today's topic or how you didn't. This is all about the conversation, is what I'm saying. All right. Bye.